Hello everyone, I'm Angela and you're listening to A Hollywood Tragedy. Marilyn Monroe was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1, 1926 at the Los Angeles General Hospital in Los Angeles, California. Her mother, Gladys Pearl Baker, was born in Mexico to a poor Midwestern family who migrated to California at the turn of the century. At age 15, Gladys married John Newton Baker, an abusive man nine years her senior. They had two children, Robert and Bernice. She successfully filed for divorce and sole custody in 1923, but Baker kidnapped the children soon after and moved with them to his native Kentucky. Monroe was not told that she had a sister until she was 12, and they met for the first time in 1944 when Monroe was 17 or 18. Following the divorce, Gladys worked as a film negative cutter at Consolidated Film Industries. In 1924, she married Martin Edward Mortensen, but they separated just months later and divorced in 1928. In 2022, DNA testing indicated that Monroe's father was Charles Stanley Gifford a co-worker of Gladys's, with whom she had an affair in 1925. Monroe also had two other half-siblings from Gifford's marriage with his first wife, a sister Doris and a brother Charles. Although Gladys was mentally and financially unprepared for a child, Monroe's early childhood was stable and happy. Gladys placed her daughter with evangelical Christian foster parents, Albert and Ida Bolander, in the rural town of Hawthorne. She also lived there for six months, until she was forced to move back to the city for employment. She then began visiting her daughter on weekends. In the summer of 1933, Gladys bought a small house in Hollywood with a loan from the homeowner's loan corporation and moved seven-year-old Monroe in it with her. They shared the house with lodgers, actors George and Maud Atkinson, and their daughter Nellie. In January 1934, Gladys had a mental breakdown and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. After several months in a rest home, she was committed to the Metropolitan State Hospital. She spent the rest of her life in and out of hospitals and was rarely in contact with Monroe. Monroe became a ward of the state, and her mother's friend Grace Goddard took responsibility over her and her mother's affairs. 
Over the next four years, Monroe's living situation changed often. For the first 16 months, she continued living with the Atkinsons and may have been sexually abused during this time. Always a shy girl, she now also developed a stutter and became withdrawn. In the summer of 1935, she briefly stayed with Grace and her husband, Irwin Doc Goddard, and two other families. In September 1935, Grace placed her in the Los Angeles Orphan's Home. The orphanage was a model institution and was described in positive terms by her peers, but Monroe felt abandoned. Encouraged by the orphanage staff, who thought that Monroe would be happier with a family, Grace became her legal guardian in 1936, but did not take her out of the orphanage until the summer of 1937. Monroe's second stay with the Goddards lasted only a few months because Doc molested her. She then lived for brief periods with her relatives and Grace's friends and relatives in Los Angeles and Compton. Monroe's childhood experiences first made her want to become an actress. I didn't like the world around me because it was kind of grim. When I heard that this was acting, I said that's what I want to be. Some of my foster families used to send me to the movies to get me out of the house, and there I'd sit all day and weigh into the night. Up in front, there with the big screen, a little kid all alone, and I loved it. Monroe found a more permanent home in September 1938. When she began living with Grace's aunt, Anna Lauer, in the West Side District of Saltell. She was enrolled at Emerson Junior High School and went to weekly Christian science services with Lauer. She excelled in writing and contributed to the school newspaper, but was otherwise a mediocre student. Owing to the elderly Lauer's health problems, Monroe returned to live with the Goddards in Van Nuys in about early 1941. The same year she began attending Van Nuys High School. In 1942, the company that employed Doc Goddard relocated him to West Virginia. California child protection laws prevented the Goddards from taking Monroe out of state and she faced having to return to the orphanage. As a solution, she married their neighbor's 21-year-old son, factory worker James Doherty, on June 19, 1942, just after her 16th birthday. Monroe subsequently dropped out of high school and became a housewife. She found herself and Doherty mismatched and later said she was dying of boredom during the marriage. 
1943, Doherty enlisted in the Merchant Marine and was stationed on Santa Catalina Island, where Monroe moved with him. In April 1944, Doherty was shipped out to the Pacific, where he remained for the most for the for most of the next two years. Monroe moved in with her in-laws and began a job at the Radio Plane Company, a munitions factory in Van Nuys. In late 1944, she met photographer David Conover, who had been sent by the U.S. Army Air Force's 1st Motion Picture Unit to the factory to shoot morale-boosting pictures of female workers. Although none of her pictures were used, she quit working at the factory in January 1945 and began modeling for Conover and his friends. Defying her deployed husband, she moved on her own and signed a contract with the Blue Book Model Agency in August 1945. The agency deemed Monroe's figure more suitable for pinups than high fashion modeling. And she was featured mostly in advertisements and men's magazines. To make herself more employable, she straightened her hair and dyed it blonde. According to Emmeline Snively, the agency's owner, Monroe quickly became one of its most ambitious and hardworking models. By early 1946, she had appeared on 33 magazine covers for publications such as Pageant, U.S. Camera, Laugh, and Peak. As a model, Monroe occasionally used the pseudonym Jean Norman. Through Snively, Monroe signed a contract with an acting agency in June 1946. After an unsuccessful interview at Paramount Pictures, she was given a screen test by Ben Lyon, a 20th Century Fox executive. Head executive Daryl F. Zanuck was unenthusiastic about it, but he gave her a standard six-month contract to avoid her being signed by rival studio RKO Pictures. Monroe's contract began in August 1946, and she and Lyon selected the stage name Marilyn Monroe. The first name was picked by Lyon, who was reminded of Broadway star Marilyn Miller. The surname was Monroe's mother's maiden name. In September 1946, she divorced Doherty, who opposed her career. Monroe spent her first six months at Fox learning acting, singing, and dancing, and observing the filmmaking process. Her contract was renewed in February 1947, and she was given her first film roles, bit parts in Dangerous Years 1947 and Scudda Who Scudda Hey 1948. The studio also enrolled her in the Actors Laboratory Theater 
an acting school teaching the techniques of the group theater. She later stated that it was my first taste of what real acting in a real drama could be, and I was hooked. Despite her enthusiasm, her teachers thought her too shy and insecure to have a future in acting. And Fox did not renew her contract in August 1947. She returned to modeling while also doing occasional odd jobs at film studios, such as working as a dancer, as a dancing pacer behind the scenes to keep the leads on point at musical sets. Monroe was determined to make it as an actress and continued studying at the actor's lab. She had a small role in the play Glamour Preferred at the Bliss Hayden Theater, but it ended after a couple of performances. To network, she frequented producers' offices, befriended gossip columnist Sidney Skolsky, and entertained influential male guests at studio functions, a practice she had begun at Fox. She also became a friend and occasional sex partner of Fox executive Joseph M. Schink, who persuaded his friend Harry Kahn, the head executive of Columbia Pictures, to sign her in March 1948. At Columbia, Monroe's look was modeled after Rita Hayworth, and her hair was bleach platinum blonde. She began working with the studio's head drama coach, Natasha Lites, who would remain her mentor until 1955. Her only film at the studio was the low-budget musical Ladies of the Chorus, 1948, in which she had her first starring role as a chorus girl courted by a wealthy man. She also screen-tested for the lead role and born yesterday, 1950, but her contract was not renewed in September 1948. Ladies of the Chorus was released the following month and was not a success. When her contract at Columbia ended, Monroe returned again to modeling. She shot a commercial for Pabst Beer and posed for artistic nude photographs by Tom Kelly for John Baumgarth calendars, using the name Mona Monroe. Monroe had previously posed topless or clad in a bikini for other artists, including Earl Moran, and felt comfortable with nudity. Shortly after leaving Columbia, she also met and became the protege and mistress of Johnny Hyde, the vice president of William Morris Agency. Through Hyde, Monroe landed small roles in several films, including two critically acclaimed works, Joseph Mankiewicz's drama All About Eve, 1950, and John Huston's film Noir, The Asphalt Jungle, 1950. Despite her screen time being only a few minutes in the latter, she gained a mention in photo play, and according to Biographer Donald Spotto moved effectively from movie model to serious actress. In December 1950, 
Hyde negotiated a seven-year contract for Monroe with 20th Century Fox. According to its terms, Fox could opt to not renew the contract after each year. Hyde died of a heart attack only days later, which left Monroe devastated. In 1951, Monroe had supporting roles in three moderately successful Fox comedies, As Young as You Feel, Love Nest, and Let's Make It Legal. According to Spotto, all three films featured her essentially as a sexy ornament, but she received some praise from critics. Bosley Crowther of the New York Times described her as superb and as young as you feel, and Ezra Goodman of the Los Angeles Daily News called her one of the brightest up-and-coming actresses for Love Nest. Her popularity with audiences was also growing. She received several thousand fan letters a week and was declared Miss Cheesecake of 1951 by the Army War, I mean by the Army newspaper Stars and Stripes reflecting the preferences of soldiers in the Korean War. In February 1952, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association named Monroe the best young box office personality. In her private life, Monroe had a short relationship with director Elia Kazan and also briefly dated several other men, including director Nicholas Ray and actors Yule Brenner and Peter Lawford. In early 1952, she began a highly publicized romance with retired New York Yankees baseball star Joe DiMaggio one of the most famous sports personalities of the era. Thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for listening to A Hollywood Tragedy. Please like and subscribe. And please join me next week for part two of Marilyn Monroe, A Life Interrupted.